You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. This is Pet Pulse News from Zoo2.com. Z-O-O-T-O-O, the leader in pet news and information. And now, here are the top stories. The economy, health care, the war on terror. By now you know where Barack Obama and John McCain stand on those fronts. But how about the presidential candidate's position on animal rights issues? In Florida, now, Pet Pulse reporter Victoria Lim with the politician's pet scorecards. Democratic nominee Barack Obama is the first presidential candidate the Humane Society Legislative Fund has ever endorsed. Obama spoke out after the nation's largest beef recall earlier this year. He also signed a letter requesting more money for animal welfare laws and co-sponsored legislation against dogfighting. Fund President Michael Markarian says Obama's opponent, Senator John McCain, hasn't been as active in these issues as Obama has. He did not co-sponsor the legislation, which we view as a as an important uh, show of support. He has voted for legislation on animal fighting when it's come up. Markarian says both candidates sponsored a bill to ban horse slaughter for food. Outside of legislation, McCain is ahead in the critter calculations. He owns a dog cat, and 20 other animals, including horses and turtles. The Obama household doesn't have a pet yet, but they soon will. Obama promised his daughters a dog when the campaign is over. We're hoping that he adopts a dog from a shelter and uh, sets a good example for the rest of the American public, no matter what happens in the election. Markarian urges pet lovers to use their vote to support animal protection in the everyday political agenda. People who care about humane treatment and want to put a stop to cruelty can let the candidates know that this is an important issue to voters across the country. Even before this endorsement, Obama had been the front runner according to the fund's Humane Scorecard, which tracks the animal rights activities of members of Congress. Out of a possible 100 points, McCain scored a 25. Obama scored a 75. For Pet Pulse on Zoo2 TV, I'm Victoria Lim. And the Humane Society Legislative Fund also provides endorsements for local congressional seats. To see where your elected officials stand on animal rights issues, visit humanescorecard.org. Now, if you'd like to comment or see what others have to say, we invite you to the news section of Zoo2.com. And we always encourage your own story ideas, too. Just email or call us. When a dolphin lost its tail last year, it was fitted with a bionic tail, believed to be one of only two like it in the world. And since then, this mammal has become a worldwide sensation. In Clearwater, Florida, Pet Pulse reporter Victoria Lynn has this inspiring story. Why does her tail move? Even a preschooler understands Winter the Dolphin is a miracle. She had a bubble. Maya Spencer gets the rare honor of touching the device that is giving Winter life. Most people thought that she would die. They didn't, we didn't think she would actually survive the night. If you can catch her, a close look at Winter's tail will show there isn't a tail. Three years ago, Winter came to the Clearwater Marine Aquarium after getting tangled up at a crab trap. By the time rescue workers began treatment, her tail tissue was dead and they feared she was next. But head trainer Abby Stone says Winter surprised everyone. She was trying the next day. She was trying to use her body the best way she could to get around. Dolphins typically swim by moving their tail up and down. But because Winter is missing her tail, the way she gets around is by moving her entire body from side to side. That unnatural movement could lead to abnormal muscular development and a disorder similar to scoliosis. That's where the prosthesis comes into play. 
It's gone through five major redesigns. This latest one incorporates a sock and a joint to more closely mimic a dolphin's natural propulsion. Under Stone's supervision, Winter gets strapped in and learns how to swim with her bionic tail 30 to 40 minutes at a time a few days a week. She uses positive reinforcement, like feeding her fish, to encourage constant interaction and practice. She reminds me of a little girl that has just tons of attitude, but in a silly little way. Um, she's very, very much uh, a very strong-willed individual. Winter's will inspires even the youngest of admirers, like Maya. It teaches her to care about the animals. It teaches her that just because the animal's missing a part, she's still important. Winter's still important. The technology and materials used in Winter's Tail is now also being used for humans. Showing loss of limb doesn't have to mean limitations, no matter what species you are. For Pat Pulse on Zoo2TV, I'm Victoria Lim. And that aquarium is now building a bigger pool to accommodate Winter's continuing growth and swimming skills. For more information, visit the Clearwater Aquarium's website. Now, if you'd like to comment or see what others have to say, please go to the news section of Zoo2.com, and we always welcome your own story ideas, too. Just email or call us. Cutbacks in this rough economy are now affecting police department's canine units. In fact, that's becoming a disturbing national trend. Fast, huh? Lowndes County, Georgia, is fortunate. They have a fully operational canine unit. But smaller communities like Berrien County in Georgia and many small communities across the country aren't as lucky. Tough economic times are forcing some law enforcement officials to patrol their towns and cities without the help of man's best friend. It's very hard. The dogs are very effective in finding the criminals and them not having access to that is going to hurt them and their crime rate is probably going to go up. Now it's not just Georgia. The Bridgeport Police Department in Connecticut is cutting back as well. In jeopardy is the canine unit and the mounted horse unit. In Michigan, it's more of the same. According to the Associated Press, the city of Detroit alone lost 20% of its force due to cutbacks. Even New York City has been affected by economic hardships. Nationally, it's just as bad. According to the government executive, even the Homeland Security Department's Federal Protective Service is cutting back. An internal memo stated that 31 canine inspectors would be eliminated during the fiscal year of 2008. But are we in true danger of losing our canine units across the country? I don't think they'll ever pull the canines from every agency. The dog's sense of smell is so many times better than ours that we find a lot of criminals in the woods with them. Well, it's important to have a canine unit for several reasons. Um, if uh, you feel like there's uh, narcotics in a vehicle and they refuse uh, to let you search, you can do a uh, walk around with the dog and if he alerts on the car, that's your probable cause. While some communities rely on canine units, others like Franklin County in Maine are questioning the need for them. Last year, $18,000 was spent on the program, and some of the departments say it's too much. Franklin County has three dogs, which, according to their chief deputy, is two dogs too many. Others say the need for canine units far outweigh the cost. They log every call that they go on. Look at the success rate that they're on. they have uh, with finding elderly, uh, finding children, the, the drug searches and seizures. Look, look at the amount of... Uh, of success that they have. So what happens to these dogs who find themselves out of work through no fault of their own? Most are put up for adoption. But once the economy turns around, the hope is is that the canine units will be one of the first programs reinstated so that large and small communities will be back at full strength, ready to fight crime. For Pet Pulse on Zoo 2 TV, I'm Lee Gordon. 
Now, Georgia's sheriffs recently banded together to fight against canine cutbacks, and they won the first round, so the dogs will stay for now. But their future remains uncertain. And if you'd like to comment or see what others have to say, we invite you to the news section of Zoo2.com, and we always invite your own story ideas, too. Just email or call us. An estimated 11 million pet reptiles live in the U.S., mostly turtles, lizards, and snakes. But like more common pets, they're often turned loose, neglected, or brought to shelters. In Castle Rock, Colorado now, Pet Pulse reporter Rhonda Schulting with one warm-blooded couple trying to save as many cold-blooded animals as they can. We actually just got her today. These distinctive scales belong to the longest snake species in the world, a reticulated python native of Southeast Asia, a reptile very few people have seen outside of a zoo, and an animal that some experts believe could soon end up on the endangered species list. It's rare to see one as long as she is. Mercedes is four years old and almost 11 feet long. By the time she's 10, she could grow to 25 feet or more with an appetite to match. They go from rats to rabbits to small farm animals, pigs, goats. A very real danger to the small children of her former owners. All of your large body snakes, common sense says, don't have them around juveniles, kids in diapers. Actually, kids in elementary school. The danger's too high. Ron Farley and his wife, Dee, are the founders of Mountain Air Reptile Rescue and Sanctuary. Both have owned and worked with reptiles for years, Ron, since he was nine years old. Mountain Air is a no-kill shelter with more than 100 reptiles in a location known to very few. The Farleys keep a low profile because some of the animals came from police through drug busts. Venomous snakes like cobras or reptiles like Gila monsters or even caimans, a distant cousin of the alligator, all used by drug dealers to keep their stash safe. What the drug dealers do is this. They put a potentially dangerous reptile in a habitat like this one and then hide the drugs underneath. No one would be brave enough to stick their hand inside to get to them. One caiman rescued by Colorado Springs police was being used as a guard dog for dozens of marijuana plants. Protecting their personal property i.e. drugs or weapons or illegal activities. I want to hold it. I want to hold it. Come over here and put your hands up. Reptile education is something the Farleys strongly believe in. Even pet owners on the right side of the law don't always know exactly what they're getting into. How do they know when somebody's around? Because they They sense with their tongue. They can sense with their tongue and... Some owners buy a small snake or a turtle and have no idea just how big the animal might get and exactly how to keep it healthy. Reptiles need special diets and special habitats, and they don't always act like pets. Some reptiles should only be handled by experienced owners. My goodness. There are just a few hundred reptile shelters across the country. The Farleys believe that with every educated owner, there will be fewer surrenders. Wow. And starting that education early is the key. Basically educate them without knowing they're being educated. They know that the more people who have an understanding of reptiles is what in the end will help protect the animals. We love doing it. If we didn't have the love of it, then what would happen to them? For Pet Pulse on Zoo 2 TV, I'm Rhonda Schulting. Now, it's estimated there are hundreds of reptile shelters in the U.S. compared with thousands of dog and cat shelters. And for more information about Mountain Air, just visit the website listed on your screen. Now, if you'd like to comment or see what others have to say, just go to the news section of Zoo2.com, and we always invite your own story ideas, too. Just email or call us. 
We'll be back with more pet news right after this commercial break. Do you love your dog? Then you'll love feeding him mouth-watering, all-natural treats, lovingly handmade by a professional caterer who wanted the very best for her dogs. Make no mistake about it, these are not ordinary dog treats. These are doggy delights, like breakfast banana biscotti, honey bear peanut butter balls, yummy apple cinnamon mini cakes, and so much more. Your dog will howl in delight. And now you can get a scrumptious sample pack by going to dingersdogtreats.com. It's a $25 value, yours for just $9.95 through this special radio offer. That's D-I-N-G-E-R-S, dingersdogtreats.com. Every one of these gourmet doggy treats is handmade from the finest ingredients and taste tested on our own dogs. Your dog will love them. Get $25 worth of doggy delights now for just $9.95. Go to dingersdogtreats.com now. That's D-I-N-G-E-R-S, dingersdogtreats.com. Yum. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a -a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. You're listening to Pet Pulse News from Zoo2.com. Z-O-O-T-O-O. Now, more of this week's pet news stories. A rock legend was among the celebrities recently on stage raising money for New York City's homeless animals. It's all part of an effort to reduce the number of dogs and cats in the Big Apple shelters. Pet Pulse reporter Joey Waller takes us to the show. Susan Brandt and her group Rational Animal are providing New York City shelter animals with mother's comfort. Aw, how comfy is that bed? 
That's the name of the project that saw their sewing club recently deliver 250 handmade beds and catnip to animals in need. I think people wanted to have some hands-on projects so they could feel like they were really working directly with animals um, and making a difference. Rational Animal was founded in 2002 using the media to educate the public on ways they can help solve the Big Apple's animal homelessness problem. To raise funds, the group recently packed the Highline Ballroom for their third annual Gimme Shelter concert. This is supposedly about rescuing animals, but I actually feel like I've been rescued by my, my pet. Naturally, all the celebrities here tonight are animal lovers, but for some, it's for a very personal reason, including one that goes back a very long way. Moby's father was a scientist. So one of the earliest pictures of me when I'm about 10 weeks old is in a little baby bath with a dog and one or two cats and three lab rats sort of peering their head over watching me get my little baby bath. Um, so I grew up with animals, and I'm probably a lot more comfortable around animals than I am with people. I mean, I personally had an experience when my cat was missing for a few months. Luckily, I ended up finding him, but during that time, I ended up going to all these animal shelters, and I just thought, you know, had I not gotten there in time, they just would have killed him. Oh, look at Rational Animal is teaming with the Mayor's Alliance, which, since 2005, has helped the city's 140 shelters and rescue groups work toward a goal, namely making all of New York's shelters no-kill by 2015. With all the resources we have in America, we should be able to have no-kill shelters. And I feel there's enough people in the United States that really, you know, support this cause. You know, with animals, you know where you stand. Either they like you or they don't like you, and it's very simple. They're just so spiritual. My cat means everything to me. The work of Rational Animal and the Mayor's Alliance is paying off. In 2002, about 75% of the city's shelter animals were euthanized. But last year, more than half of New York's approximately 43,000 homeless animals were saved. A year ago was the first time there were more animals in New York City that were saved than were euthanized. Everybody can do something, whether it's spaying and neutering or adopting from a shelter, not buying from puppy mill stores. So, like Harry and company, Rational Animals' no-kill mission will rock on. For Pet Pulse on Zoo2 TV, I'm Joey Waller. For more information on the Give Me Shelter concert, visit rational-animal.org or animalallianceNYC.org. And if you'd like to comment and see what others have to say, go to the news section of zoo2.com. And as always, please send us your story ideas by emailing or calling us. You've been listening to Pet Pulse News from Zoo2.com. Z-O-O-T-O-O, the leader in pet news and information. Heard each week on PetLifeRadio.com.